join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card with Discover Cashback Debit. Everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction, eligibility, and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. Are you confident that Loris has put behind him what happened five years ago in the Champions League final? Because he hasn't played, he's played you know, a bit at Besiktas, but he hasn't played too much, certainly since he left Besiktas. Are you confident that he's put that bad day behind him? I've never really discussed that at any length with him. I think um, we've all got stuff that's happened in our careers and our histories um, that you, you learn from, and I think he's no different in that respect. It's Rog, it's Friday and we've made it to the end of another week and huge love off the top if you are listening in part of our nation currently buried in snow, know that nothing thaws those storms which have battered so many of you in the past week more than a queso Carabao Cup final action. Um, One of the gents who works with us has just sent us a photograph. I think it's like minus 15 degrees from Minneapolis where he is. Um, And then text came in with a message. I bet you the US men's national team are looking at this weather and wishing they had a World Cup qualifier to schedule here. Honestly, I am elated to have a weekend in which we can build a fire bake a pie, set up a bar within easy reach of the couch and just watch football, beautiful football, Carabao Cup final, action football. How good is it going to all be? Well, only Pep. Pep truly knows. Incredible. 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 Never change, Guardiola. First up, big love to all of you two in St. Louis, which is... Poised to become Major League this weekend. What a city. What a rich footballing heritage. Savour every single second. It's honestly been a wild week at Men in Blazers. We did a, a beautiful interview with Peter Drury yesterday. A long one. It was really insightful and warm, honest, beautiful. And there's a line from it that I wanted to share with you right up top. It's it's Peter Drury's approach to football and his job and the task at hand. It's pretty simple, but I do adore it. He said, every game is to be relished. If you're there, it's good to be alive. And I wrote a little bit about that interview in this morning's newsletter. Subscribe to that via meninblazers.com if you want to read more. Um, And I also talked a little bit about what we're trying to do behind the scenes at Men in Blazers, um, especially as the profile of the sport that we love, football, continues to surge in the nation we adore. This is a World Cup year. 
Next summer, the Copa Centenario will be held on home turf. And then, after that, we are charging on the open waters towards a Men's World Cup, which will be held here across North America. And because of it, the love for, the interest in our sport is soaring. And we've honestly spent a good part of the last year working out how to keep building our network to match the appetite, the desire, the hunger. And to do that, really, the original Men in Blazers pod, that tiny acorn, so much is growing around there. And yes, we do remain very much an indie record label, but our dream is to be able to offer voices that revel in each one of the leagues and the tournament, men's, women's, domestic, global, that you've told us really that you live for. And this year we're adding new voices. We're currently building a production team around the quite singular voice of Hercules Gomez. Amazing man. It's been an incredibly nourishing creative process. More on that to come, as well as a slew of women's voices that we're partnering with in the build-up to the World Cup. Our goal is really pretty simple. The goal is to do a lot of good stuff with really great people. And I hope with all my heart, that this is the beginning of a 24-month period when our network can really serve, can really stoke, can really thrive alongside the footballing passion that is at the heart of our community. In that regard, let's dive in and hear some of the voices of that community as we break down all that is to come this weekend. First, a quick toast, and I want to raise my third first bud of the day to the US women who won their fourth straight, she believes, trophy. 2-1 win Wednesday night over Brazil. Highlight of which was a truly fine finish by Alex Morgan. Lindsay Haran with space to drive forward, rolled through into the path of Mallory Swanson. Mallory Swanson turning, and then the block comes in from Lauren, comes back towards Alex Morgan! A special finish from Alex Morgan in stoppage time at the end of the half, and the US have the lead. And that is what I want to toast, uh, because it gave this statistic. It was Alex Morgan's 14th goal since the birth of a daughter in 2020, giving her the national team record for most goals as a mum. To more, to more. Women's World Cup now just 146 days away. Okay, producer Sophie, sting me up. And dear listeners, just brace yourself for a little something different. A little something, yes, well, different. Here we go. WGFOP, The Bald. Well, that was something. And that something was apparently Nose Bagpipes by Henry Chalmers. I don't know how you found out that you have that talent, Henry Chalmers. I'm not sure I want to know how you found out you had that talent. But you are listening to WGFOP, the weekend preview, the show where you call in your questions and I answer them with as much poise under pressure as Alison and Thibaut Courtois trying to dance off with goalkeeping faux pas. Call us at 646-450-9472 and you can hear your voice on next week's pod. Question number uno, bring on the Manx. Hey, Rog, this is Phil calling. Um, I'm a Manx that's living in your old place, 
Highland Park, Illinois. So here I am. I've been here for 30 years, but I'm still a rabid Man United fan. Um, so you're familiar with the top 10 lists, right? Well, I want to know what your top 10 hard list would be. For instance, I think number 10 for me would be um, 10 hogs managed to take the wooden clogs off the Man United team and get them playing nicely. And of course, number one has to be he is a bald. Thanks. Peace. Phil, oh, some life journey it sounds like you've had from Manchester to the northern suburbs of Chicago. That I adore, and I'd love to hear your story. But you're united. They have been on some journey too. Not always in a good way, but from the darkness, the light is now beaming. Oh, what a last eight months, a.k.a. the Ten Hag era, short but so sweet. And I say this ahead of the big one. Yes, the Carabao Cup final, Manchester United versus Newcastle United, Sunday, 11.30am Eastern Time on ESPN+, in which, Phil, your beloved Manchester United attempt to end the agony and embarrassment of a six-year trophy famine. And in winning, possibly signalling the feast to come under Eric Ten Hag. And what has to be said, it's been an incredible feat of leadership to watch him change the feel, the football and the fortune at Old Trafford. Proof? Just last night, Ten Hag's brilliant tactical changes, enough to come from behind and fend off Barcelona. Let's take a listen. Here's Bruno Fernandes. Finds a way to Garnacho. Christensen in the way. And Kessier blocks Fred. But it's in now from Anthony. One, two, three and in. Anthony, proof of, well, who needs a right foot? That appendage, overrated. And now... Just three days later, Ten Hag will take his squad, hold his breath to see if Marcus Rashford passes a late fitness test and face up to a similarly rejuvenated Newcastle who have saudi their way to Wembley under Eddie Howe. And I'll talk about Newcastle in a moment, but to your question about Ten Hag, that stoic, lowlands preacher, it's been remarkable to see him grapple with, let's remember, a truly toxic, dysfunctional, ego-filled culture which he inherited at Old Trafford. Far more than a problem just in the dressing room. You always talk about managers and the the, the problems they must fix in the dressing room. Mourinho actually talked about the scope of the damage at Old Trafford, how the club wasn't run by purely the football side of operations. It's actually run by the commercial juggernaut of sales and brand teams who were printing money for the club globally. And Ten Hag has come in and just so deftly expertly defanged, diffused all of that. He's exercised Ronaldo, an act of jettisoning which needed so much diplomacy. Aikido-like moves to allow Ronaldo's throbbing ego itself ultimately to propel himself out the exit door and then make sure he had total control of the operation in a ruthless but detail-oriented way, grasping the reins from that commercial team, making football-first decisions. His tactical ideas built around the leadership of that tone-setting winner, Casemiro. But it's been the man management that has blown me away the most. The way Ten Hag has rejuvenated the likes of Luke Shaw, 
And of course, Marcus Rashford turned them back into self-confident elite footballers. And you throw in Ten Hag's ability to conjure mid-game adjustments to turn matches around. And above all, have a collective that fights like madmen which is something we've not seen out of a United team consistently in far too bloody long. And those, those would be the eight things that sandwich between the two you gave me, Phil. The clogs and the baldness. I love a bald-wearing clog, man. To round off the top ten. I mean, he is magnificent, Ten Hag. And I'll say, the League Cup thing, yes, it's a trinket, the Carabao. But it can be a handhold which a team can grasp on the ascent to greatness. Mourinho said that too. Two Mourinho <laughs> mentions. When he became Chelsea manager, the League Cup was the first trophy he lifted. And he talked about how bloody important it was. Not the League Cup itself, but the winning experience. Because that, that is what Mourinho wanted. That is what Ten Hag now wants to place at the heart of the culture. The self-image that this is a team that wins things. So this game will mean a lot Statement-wise to Ten Hag, here is Ten Hag described in the words of Bruno Fernandes. It demands. It demands from people in, or you do it, or you out. You don't play, you know. And so everyone was a little bit like in the beginning, oh, you will do that or not? If a, if a big player does, doesn't do what he wants, you will put him apart or not? And, and he, he did it. He did it many times. He did it with Cristiano. He did it with Jadon. Uh, he did it with Marcos also. Uh, you know, in, in the big moments, like Marcos was in the, probably the best form against Wolves. <laughs> he, he, he did something wrong. Managers just put him out, and mm. everyone was like, "Wow!" Next question. Hey, Raj. This is Robbie calling in from the land of Matt Turner in beautiful Bergen County, New Jersey. Wanted to get your thoughts on the Cuppity Cup situation for Newcastle and the incredible situation they find themselves with the the goalkeeper. I'm absolutely gutted. For Nick Pope, he's had an incredible season, and for him to miss this match is not easy for the tune. Loris Karius playing his first competitive match in almost two years after crumbling in a Champions League final. Just uh, wanted to get your thoughts, prayers for the tune. Cheers. Oh, Robbie, big love to you and all in Bergen County. Our whole nation owes a debt of thanks to you for Matty Turner, and yes, the dominant storyline, talking of Matt Turner, is going to be that of the Newcastle goalkeeper. The red card that Nick Pope picked up after Mr. Beanie himself into a cruel one-game suspension against Liverpool lingers over this game. Flicked in by Trippier and pounced by Alisson, who if he sees Salah could set him on his way. Alisson, what a pass! And Mo Salah's in a race with Pope, who looked to me as though he handled, and he may walk here. Nick Pope is off. Back to worse. Nowhere to hide. Anyhow, is crestfallen. Yes, oh my God, brutal. That Premier League moment knocks Nick Pope out of a completely unrelated tournament final. And brutaler still that the Toon's second string goalkeeper, Martin Dubravka, cannot play in this game because he actually took the field for Manchester United in earlier Carabao rounds and will, wait for it, actually get a medal if Manchester United win. Yes, even though he rides with Newcastle now, that is proper Carabao. 
So who will play in goal for Newcastle? Well, a player they signed without ever intending him to take the field. And his name? Loris Karius. Yes, that Loris Karius. He will deputise that once Liverpool player whose career, whose life in many ways, melted after doing this in the Champions League final against Real Madrid in 2018. Cross sends it forward here towards Benzema. He got the option to Marcel. Oh, and the carrier side's gone in. Oh no! Oh my word! Carrying Benzema with a goal, and Liverpool can't believe it. What a way to go behind in the Champions League final! It's Real Madrid one, Liverpool nil, and what on earth happened there? That—that's already five years ago. And Carrius in that game shell shocked possibly concussed, rolled the ball straight out, oh, only to the most potent striker in the world, Karim Benzema, gifting him with an open goal in the biggest game of his career. And since that implosion, Karius has gone on a lonely, grinding, haunting road. Well, first it seemed to irrelevance and, and a, to become the answer to a very sad trivia question. But now, this weekend, possibly potential Cole's hero because what a journey a descent into madness Liverpool never played him again he then went to Besiktas in the Turkish league but lost his way every mistake he made became sudden global news and a meme for mockery Karius tried failed at Union Berlin he's actually not played competitively for any club in nearly two long years had to return to Liverpool. They didn't want him. He was their fifth string goalkeeper and unloved. Newcastle finally gave him a lifeline. And his Magpies career solely consists of this. A 45-minute half against Al-Hilal in a mid-season friendly back in December. And how to feel about it? Well, I would say this. I pray for Loris Karius this weekend. That under the pressure of the spotlight... He doesn't make another mistake because, yes, he's become a figure of scorn, yet his descent, really, what does it symbolise if we needed it? It's a reminder of failure in humanity, that we are all weak, um, none more than elite goalkeepers. The anguish that they must grapple with on a daily basis, honestly, more than enough to consume a person. Anyone who has read The Incredible Yet Haunting, and buy this if you have not read it, it is incredible. It's a life-changing book, a life too short. The Tragedy of Robert Enker. Find that book, buy that book, read it, and you will be rooting for Loris Carrius. The short of it is, and I will not tell you this story in a way that it needs to be told, Enker was a German goalkeeper, German international, fantastic goalkeeper, uh, but he battled depression uh, inescapably. And in the end, in the prime of his career, he took his own life. So all I can do is wish good things this weekend for Loris Carrius. May what we're about to hear actually be the worst thing out of Newcastle this weekend. Cue good time to be a Geordie. Cringy Cup final song number one. It's a good time to be a Geordie. It's a good time to be a Geordie. It's a good time for me. It's a good time to be a Geordie and to go 
Men and Blazers, we like to believe more is more when it comes to football. Unless Everton are playing, in which case, oh, less is always more. But one thing you can do to enhance even the Everton watching experience is to visit the GFOPs at Prize Picks. They're America's number one fantasy sports app. Test your skills on Prize Picks this season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Tappity taps, mostly just picking what categories you want Everton players to disappoint you in and smashing the less. thing I love about Price Picks is, is how simple it is to use. They're now offering Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this soccer season. No more ferreting around in your wallet for that security code on your credit card that the computer never saves. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's promo code MIB. Price picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long time staple in the Bennett refrigerator. Stoke cold brew coffee. Always bold, always smooth. Yes, that is the very same Stoke as in the mighty Wrexham Fortress known as the Stoke Kairas or the Stoke Racecourse. Wrexham AFC's home. They support it. They support football, which is just one great reason to love this coffee. It is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar. Essentially, the opposite of Everton. And you can check out their full lineup of 48 ounce cold brew products, seven for everybody, from light to dark roast to seasonal favourites in a refrigerated multi serve format. I tell you this, as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend, have the coffee house experience in the comfort of your own home and do it now. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee and be sure to follow Wrexham AFC. Big love to all at Stoke. Courage. Hey, Raj, this is Alex from Webster Groves, Missouri, uh, just a corner kick away from uh, St. Louis. Um, Colin, I'm about to get on a flight to head to London to see my uh, proud Geordie nation take on the Manchester United. I've been a Newcastle fan since 2002, so uh, I was at uh, St. James's Park to see them raise the trophy when they won the championship uh, a few years ago, uh, but this will be my first time seeing them win a big boy cup. Um, what are our chances? Uh, or I'm going to have the longest bad nap home ever on Monday coming back from London. Thanks. I'll hang out and listen. Alex, it's incredible to hear your message. Travel safely from Webster Groves, Missouri to Wembley, London. Make great memories with the Toon Faithful who will own the capital city this weekend. Try and keep your clothes on in the Trafalgar Square fountain, will you? And do your team stand a chance in their biggest final in 24 years? Could they win their first piece of silverware in 68 agonising seasons? Of course they can. Of course they do. I mean, first up, Manchester United must be knackered. They are currently playing a game every three or four days right now. It's hard to sustain. At some point, something will give. Something has to crash. And second, here's the great news. Bruno Guimaraes is back. Yes, your talisman, three-match suspension has now been served. Your best player, not just back, refreshed, re-energised. When he is back, when he plays, Newcastle are an unrecognisable team. Alongside him, Miggy Elmeron just signed a new contract. Oh, Miggy, what a Northeast legend. And above all, 
you look at this Newcastle style of play, and it's honestly perfect for a final. Lock down the back, hope the weapons up front can conjure something, anything. It's not how you win that will be remembered, it's that you did. And if you don't take my word for it, here's Eric Ten Hag himself describing the Newcastle team who drew nil-nil at Old Trafford earlier this season. Um, it's an annoying team to play against, so we have to find a way to win them. Annoying? Annoying. God, they, they try to annoy you, <laughs> and <laughs> and so we have to make sure that we play our game and we focus on, on, on our game. Annoying to play against. That tells you all you need to know, and the Toon Faithful love that. They love that about their team as their song goes, we're not here to be popular, we're here to compete. And I've got to tell you, I believe they will. One more sound up. This song is the answer to the question, when is one cringe final song not enough? Yes, world, get ready for some Geordie rap. Manchester United, 26th of Feb, 2023. The final, location Wembley. How are the lads? I'm going to get me soon, I'm Boys, make some noise, we're going to Wembley So tell your ma, tell your ma, you won't be home for tea Toonami, it's time to party, we're going all the way The good times are back, and yes, you're here to stay So Geordie boys, sing with me, what a time to be alive Let's win another trophy like we did in 55 Newcastle, we love you, united as we stand Shout going up to the rest of the fans, anywhere in the land Singing tune, tune, black one army, you know we're going for me Okay, okay, okay we're singing tune, tune, black one army. You know we're going bomby, yucky, yucky, yucky. Oh my God. Godspeed to all, especially you Americans travelling over to watch your teams at Wembley make great memories. Next question. Hey, Raj. My name is Kyle from Huntsville, Alabama. Chelsea fan. My only advice for Potter ahead of the match against Tottenham would be to have Kukurea cut his hair. I am curious what hairstyle you think would look best on him should he do that though thanks very much kyle oh tactically honestly when you look at the options the possibilities for graham potter right now a man so beleaguered so lost tactically i think you've just hit upon probably one of his best options to get kukurea a haircut and hope for the reverse samson i mean that is how bereft Chelsea are as they travel to Tottenham. Massive game Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on the USA channel. A clash between two teams. One experiencing an unravelling season. The other a deeply inconsistent one. Tenth place Chelsea, winner of two in 15 league games. What I realised this morning, because I'm actually trying to work out constantly, what is Todd Burley actually trying to do with his club? And it dawned on me, can't wait to ask Davo on Monday, Could it be that he has capsized his club intentionally because he's trying to live out a shot-by-shot remake of Brewster's Millions? It's probably the most rational explanation right now as Graham Potter's barely hanging on as his squad, A-list in name, bloated in paycheck, ignore him, on the bus, all the way to Tottenham. Pulisic back in training uh, this week, Probably will not feature, but woof, Leeds next weekend. Do you think he's really going to miss that? A chance to chat about golf in the centre circle, in the final whistle with Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams and the great Western McKinney. Spurs, though, also a season of some challenge. It's a very odd Jekyll and Hyde. Tottenham, who humiliated by Leicester, 
DOA in Milan, but they sandwich those matches in between <laughs> victory against Manchester City and then last weekend against an enfeebled West Ham. Just a flailing form of their rivals more than anything has given this season still the pattern of at least a top four chase. But man, Graham Potter, God, all I thought was the Chelsea fan culture, so toxic right now after that loss against Southampton. Every game, that felt like a must win and it was a loss. But the football insipid, broken, just the outcry of the fans turning from anger into apathy, which is always far too late to try and create change. Something's got to give. But here's Graham Potter this morning, left hung out to dry and pinning the club's problems on. Let's take a listen. A suboptimal pre-season. Um, speaking to a couple of the, the, the experienced guys, sort of thought it was the worst pre-season they've had for different reasons. It's not to blame anybody for different reasons that, that happened. Yes, Graham. It was the pre-season tour that's at fault. It was Orlando's fault that Chelsea are not in the top four. They'd be top four maybe if they went to Disney World instead of Universal. Next question. Hey, Rod. This is Davis down in Southern Pines, North Carolina. I'm a new lead at Everton fan. So with Liverpool's terrible form and calls for Jordan Klopp to be uh, let go by the team and also Pep's previous comments about... Uh, leaving Manchester City upon finding out that the ownership lied to him. Um, out of those two options, which one do you want to see head up the men's national team for the U.S.? Uh, love to hear your thoughts. Courage. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Davis, in your beautiful, beautiful North Carolina hills. Oh, Pep and Klopp both flailing in their own way. Poor Jürgen this morning. I mean, how do you follow up your worst home European defeat in club history, that much ballyhooed revival, with wins against Everton and Newcastle, blown away like a new toupee in the first strong morning wind? Tuesday night's humiliation against Real Madrid, a pummeling surrender in which all of Liverpool's tropes, all those flaws, were so cruelly exposed. The attack that wouldn't gel, the shattered, punch-drunk, aged midfield, the defence, fearful, vulnerable, when opened up and exposed. Will it be again this Saturday, 2.45pm Eastern Time, when Liverpool travel to Palace? Aze, Alise, at least one IU brother. That game's going to be on Peacock. And well, I've got to say, Jurgen Klopp, I loved what he said about his team this morning. Everything what happens in life um, has influence on confidence. Uh, recently, I scratched my car. So, since then, I drive through around corners like like this. So that's and I, I drive 37 years. I have the license, I think, and I had never a, a, real, a real accident. But it's like everything has influence and confidence. But then, after a few miles, you realize, oh, I was just unlucky. So maybe I can just drive normal again. Vulnerable and honest Klopp, one of my favourite Klopps. But as for Pep, he travels to Bournemouth Saturday, 12.30pm Eastern Time, NBC proper with his Manchester City morphing into a strange cautionary tale. And a still powerhouse juggernaut. They've won it all, yes, but they seem, well, utterly miserable. Like a billionaire surrounded by piles of cash, a garage full of Maybachs, a super yacht bobbing up and down off a private island. But all they feel is inside. None of those things are the secret to happiness. Here's Pep goading the media about his tactics and possibly unleashing the rarely seen 109 formation. 
I have the opportunity as a rule to have five substitutions, but I am the manager and apply it, and I take it if I want. So that doesn't mean the fact that I fear substitutions, I have to do the substitutions. And and I am a so good manager to decide what I have to do or not. Maybe the second leg I will decide to be crazy and play with nine strikers and make up and down. What should we expect of Bournemouth? Honestly, other than avant-garde knitwear, I have no idea. And as for the US men's national team job, I would take both Pep and Klopp together. Yes, they can both be assistants to Chris Armas when he gets the job. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com slash deals. New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable active wear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% off offsetting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash MIB. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash MIB. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any US orders over $75 and free returns. Trust me, go to viore.com slash MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey, Raj, this is Matt Pollard in Denver, Colorado. No question I had, just wanted to, you know, shout out some, you know, thankfulness and hopefully you or one of your able staff is able to hear this and fully appreciate it. Um, you know, I've been listening to Men and Blazers since 2014. You bring so much humanity, joy, and thoughtfulness, thought-provokingness to this community. Um, you've been a light in the darkness for so many, including myself, uh, over the years and during COVID. I don't know if Everton are getting relegated this year, but I know if they do, you'll find whatever rainbows can be found at the end of that rainstorm, because that's what you do. I don't believe in Everton, but I believe in you, Roger Bennett. Courage. Oh, Matt Pollard, you beautiful human being. Look, if I am Everton's best hope, oh my Lord, we are so doomed. And to be honest, I've got a bad feeling going into this weekend as Everton host Aston Villa Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Peacock. Um, I've got a very bad feeling. Bad, bad feeling. The reverse fixture back in August was so predictable. But when you actually remember it, it almost feels like it's ripped from an alternate universe. Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa overwhelmed Frank Lampard's Everton. 2-1. Yes, that really happened. And also what happened, the only joy I had that day was that Lucas Dinia scored an own goal, that turncoat bastard. But how much has changed since then? I like to tell myself a lot. But I'm not wholly convinced. We are Sean Deutsch's Everton now. 
and we needed a wonder goal from Seamus Coleman to fend off a truly, truly awful Leeds last weekend. And the question for Everton is, where are the goals going to come from without DCL, a man who remains allergic to football? And the answer is, I just don't know. Unai Emery's Aston Villa have more than enough talent to strangle their opponents' dreams. Yet, they also seem to have a Mings mistake in them at least twice a game. But overall, I just fear Ollie Watkins and Buendia and think they're going to do us. But the agony for me is that my youngest kid, Ozzy, is just so into Everton Football Club now. I, I remember that feeling as a kid. He just believes, still believes in everything. He was like, this morning, he's like, Dad, Dad, no DCL. Ellis Simso, Dad, he's the best. We're going to crush Villa. It's the Ellis Sims era. And I listen, what would you do? Because I don't want to burst this bubble. I remember that youthful optimism, but I also have learned over decades of crushing agony that optimism, when it comes to Everton, is hope. And hope, when it comes to Everton, is connected to doomed hope. And doomed hope is a quick gateway drug to shattered, broken pain and trauma. So how should I answer Ozzy? With what? With truth. He's not ready for the truth. I guess what I'm asking is, how do you best take a Band-Aid off? You rip it off, right? Tell me, meninblazers at gmail.com, how you deal with it. Next question. Hey, Raj. This is Ethan. I'm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I'm an Everton fan. Anyways, I was watching Amy Martinez put a header in over the weekend. I wanted to ask you if you could put together a starting 11 for an all-shithousery team. What would that look like? Can't wait to hear your answer. Send in love and courage. Ethan, hello to you. A second. Oh, Raven from that gorgeous part of the world down in North Carolina. Oh, time-wasting. You know, time-wasting. There was actually an incredible piece in the Manchester Evening News by Sam Luckhurst. Their Manchester United uh, analyst. He was writing about Nick Pope and what uh, a huge loss he is for Newcastle. Uh, Lucas wrote about how Nick Pope is more than a goalkeeper. He's actually one of the greatest shithouses in the Premier League. Dude is an expert time waster. Lucas wrote about um, how he's kind of pioneered ways, like taking forever on free kicks, rolling the ball around back to players who aren't going to take it. They roll it back to him. And it, uh, they counted the, the Newcastle game against Arsenal. The ball was in play, mostly thanks to Nick Pope, for less than 45 minutes of the actual 90. How they will miss Pope. And if you want me to pick a team of shithouses, a dark arts 11... I would probably, you ready for this one? I'd probably feel Emmy Martinez in goal, Andy Robertson, Sergio Ramos, Pepe uh, across the bat. One more there to come in a minute. Hold on for that. Bruno Fernandez, just an utter and complete. I mean, that guy is one, like Casemiro, who I'd actually filled alongside. Stealth shithouses. Get away with so much of those two. John Joe Shelby actually gets away with a lot less. That three though. Jamie Vardy, got to be in there. Diego Costa and Rich Arlison. I play three across the top. It's a bold but darkly brutal. Just black belted human awfulness up front and getting back to the right back position. I'm going to pick Jordan Pickford because he's got to be in there. And all of that, just thinking it too. What is the peculiar pleasure of watching a shithouser when he plays on your team? And I think it's because even when you're losing, even when you're getting smashed, 
there's still joy to be found in watching your arsehole just piss off the opponent. Everton have actually brought in one of the best. Neil Mope, let's be honest, he's a truly terrible striker. I mean, I never expect him to actually score a goal, but I still love him because, well, well, Fatboy Slim described him best to me when he came on our show and talked about Neil Mope and his devious work at Brighton. His one gag is to score really late and then absolutely wind up the other players and the other fans to the point they want to kill him. And some of us do as well. There's a thing called housery, <laughs> which he is the key, which is, he is the genius of that. I mean, for that alone, we'd have him on the team. <laughs> Neil Mope, never change. One last question. Raj, my name is Hunter from Boone, North Carolina, a Chelsea supporter, but also a fan of the University of Tennessee volunteers in all athletics. You said something about the trauma that you may have caused your children by having them and raising them as Everton fans. I'll say this. My dad went to the University of Tennessee and raised me as a volunteer fan. And there has been many years of misery across all sporting events for the last, I don't know, two decades. And I do remember being at Neyland Stadium, that cathedral of college football, watching Tennessee get trounced by some team, can't remember which one, but one of many, and my dad putting his hand on my shoulder and saying, I'm sorry I've done this to you. But I'll say this, out of all the trauma that Tennessee athletics has caused me, I will say those are some of the best memories I have with my dad, sitting there either in front of a TV or in the stadium watching a game. So take courage your children will not remember the trauma. They will remember time with your dad. Hunter, oh, thank you for that beautiful message. I love the beauty inside of it. I love the story about your father. and want to send my love to all in Tennessee. You listen to that message and the life truth it contains. And it makes me almost excited now to watch Aston Villa overwhelm my boys this weekend. Bring it on. That's it. Let's make great memories together. Whatever happens... Um, JJ Watts coming on next week. Email me the questions you have for that gent about life, retirement, fatherhood and Chelsea Football Club. And remember, savour every second. This is Rog, back on Monday. Until then, big love and courage. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami. There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. 
Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.